Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And therefore, people became a bit skeptical. But when we took time to explain to them that this exercise is rather uh, something that will ensure that the institutions that are left are that credible that people wouldn't have to worry about it before the 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 do business with them, they've rather gained much, much more confidence in us. And in fact, the whole of uh, where our head office is Malam here. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Um, we are like the only microfinance company that was left to continue operation. We've always managed to uh, talk to our staff and then help them know how to answer these uh, clients when they ask questions or we prepare most of them ahead of the time. And so we have prepared them and we've made them appreciate the, the direction of the, of the uh, regulator. CEO of Universal Savings and Loans Company, Kojo Fofier, in contributing to government industrialization agenda, importers of canned foods, GB foods, have hinted of plans to establish a factory in the country. The factory, which will also augment the one dish one factory drive of government, is to enhance growth and development of the food industry. Here is marketing manager of the company, Anshun Midar, who told Joy Business the move will help increase productivity and generate employment opportunities. Our objective is to put up a manufacturing plant in Ghana and manufacture it in Ghana. And you will see it very soon like you have seen it in tomato, that we are now, all of our tomato products are manufactured in Ghana, not outside Ghana. But since we are starting, you need to start somewhere. We are starting by importing because we have the best expertise. As you know, GB Foods is one of the biggest player of taste enhancers or we would say seasonings in the world. And that's why that expertise, we want to build upon that expertise and later transfer that technological transfer to Ghana and manufacture in Ghana. Marketing manager of GB Foods, Anshan Mida, away from that stakeholders in the past sector, are advised to depoliticize the operations and affairs of the sector and other technical sectors to ensure maximum efficiency is achieved. Managing partner and co-founder of Arthur Energy Advisors, Jabesh Emisa Arthur, further emphasized that politicians should refrain from taking credit for strides recorded in the past sector. He spoke to Insura Alu in a new episode of the Executive Lounge, which airs this weekend. In all 
humility. I think that there are certain sectors of the economy that, if it's possible, we should take away from facing the political cycles. Mm. And power is one. Because that service is required by all of us, and we require it to be delivered in a way that is the best, without political color. And those institutions should be taken out of the political realm. And as I've said, there's a reason why those institutions and their leadership should not be short-term. I think that when a leader is appointed for that, for those institutions, he should be looking at eight years, ten years at least. Because then he has a reason. When we were at VRA, you always knew that if I don't take the actions I'm supposed to take today, the problem will come in four years and I'll still be here to face it and I'll have a big problem. So you do the work that is required that far ahead. But if I know that in four years I'm gone, it will be somebody else's problem. Then we don't have such an inbuilt incentive to address it. And you can watch the full episode of The Best Mind on the Executive Lounge this Saturday at 6 p.m. on the Joy News Channel, Malta TV and Channel 421 on DSTV with a repeat broadcast on Sundays at 9.30 p.m. Now, if 5CD airtime is enough for you to have your data and call bundles in a day, then brace yourself to spend more as government increases the communication service tax from 6% to 9%. In today's Business Journal, we explore the increment and what more it means for the Ghanaian. The tax introduced in 2008 is levied on charges payable by consumers for the use of communication services including calls, messages, data charges, among others. But what exactly will this increment mean for the public? Chief Executive of the Ghana Chamber of Telecommunications, Kenneth Ashime, says it is nothing but extra cost to consumers. The CST is a tax that's incident on the on the consumer. So what it eventually means is that in the past you used to pay a CST of six percent. Now it's going to be nine percent. Whatever it is that you spend, uh, you know that money that you pay, the portion of taxation that is in it, would it's definitely going to go up. One key business that utilizes internet access in Ghana is the Internet Cafe, where customers, usually the youth, go to browse the internet at a fee. Vida Tudu runs an internet cafe at Nima, a suburb in Accra. Having operated for close to seven years, she tells me the volume of customers who frequent her shop has decreased as many people now easily access the internet on their phones. The current increment, she believes, will worsen the fallout. Now business has gone down. Somewhere last year, it was 400 cities. By then, 30 minutes was um, 70 persuades. So they increased it to 420 Ghana cities. So we have to also increase um, the 70 persuades to one city. Before one hour was one city, but now it's one city, 50 persuades. In 2018, a plan by Ugandan government to introduce social media tax led to violent demonstrations. The aim was to tame idle talk. However, the strong resistance from citizens made it impossible for government to break in the expected revenue. This has raised concerns over the implications of the additional communication service tax. With this... Mr. Shigbe warns that the consuming power of Ghanaians should not be taken for granted. We should bear in mind that we're in Africa and people are competing. Should I spend that one CD? 
to buy you know scratch card and put on my phone or should i use that to buy kinky or something so those conversations are going on so we can't take it for granted that the product is inelastic we have seen examples in other markets where it's had really negative effect interaction with some Ghanaian showed that the increment of the communication tax was not of major concern but rather whether these taxes would be used for the intended purpose. It's a good idea. But then the motive or the reason why or what they are going to use this revenue for is what is more concerning to me. I mean, to me as a consumer. They should focus on other things. There are other, other places they can re- generate taxes from. It's not about me making my calls and then you taking money out of it. I mean, they take so many monies. So if credit, we can spend, I mean, a little on credit and then government will also take be taking deducting so many taxes on that i mean it's not cool for how this tax will be measured and applied by the various telcos is yet to be understood after it's approved by parliament for joy business karen dudu well and that's how we end this edition of the joy business report uh, top story uh, parliament expected to approve a 1.5 billion dollar loan for cocoa board as well as tax measures outlined in the media budget review my name is charles Ida. for more news to log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business enjoy the rest of our programs up next is the locker room with george ado jr to stay Postman, I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank on my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? Ecobank, bro. With Ecobank Mobile app, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid Amazon school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Wale Wale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Ecobank Mobile app from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, send money across Ghana, abroad and more. Ecobank Mobile app has got it covered. Ecobank Mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the Ecobank way. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. All your sports news in the locker room. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. Liverpool and Manchester City are standing by for the new football season's precursor, the traditional ketting razor to the action in England to come over the next 10 months. Here we go again, new season, new titles, new managers, new signings. There is a thrill, there is a delicious jeopardy in the air here. Silva now back to Mahrez, centrally, brilliant turn, the great foot shot, what a goal! That surely has won it! Unbelievable strength from the Egyptian, that flew like a rocket! A game of fortunes, a game of thrills! Drama from day one! This is the league we want to watch! Tradition dictates that the yearly community shield is usually contested between the Premier League and FA Cup winners. But as Pep Guardiola's side clinched all three domestic caps in 2018-2019, 
they will have to pitch their wits against last season's top flight runners up. We're in the penalty area, shots along the goalkeeper and succeeds! Superbly taken by Aguero! Oxley Chamberlain who gets tired, Fernandinho shoots a goal! What a strike! What a strike from Oxley Chamberlain! Scoring at Anfield! Some shot takes an inflection! Manchester City have the second goal! And it's company who punches the air with delights as they increase their lead! 30 metres out from goal, Madden! We preview the action and ask how equipped both sides are for the title challenge. We are six days to joy transfer deadline day and the official end of the summer transfer window in England. There's more controversy and uncertainty, which promises more drama. We have our taps on who is moving where and we weigh the veracity of potential deals on the show. Also coming up. And it's lights out and away we go. It's a tentative start for everybody. But Hamilton gets away well as does Bottas. And Verstappen's dropping back as Raikkonen is already ahead of him as well. Verstappen on the inside and Grosjean going wide. Valtteri Bottas through turn one. That'll give Kimi Raikkonen encouragement. Fireworks and flames for Max Verstappen. The winner of the German Grand Prix. Sebastian Vettel from 20th to 2nd. And keep the applause going for Danny Kriat. A third podium. It was the race that had it all. The spins, crashes, crazy weather and incredible results as the German Grand Prix thrilled. That's now three epic races we've had in a row. Austria, Great Britain and Germany. So can Formula 1's resurgence carry on this weekend for the 12th race of the season in Hungary. Lewis Hamilton, ninth in Germany, holds a 41-point advantage over Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas. One of the seven drivers not to finish in Germany. Analysis to come. Head to our Facebook page, Joy slash 99.7. Our WhatsApp line, 0244-340-437. Same as Telegram. Or tweeted us at Joy Sports GH to react to our questions of the day. We'll be in the U.S. to bring you updates from the ongoing Washington Open and keep tabs on the Commonwealth welterweight title fight between Paddy Gallagher and Chris Jenkins. You are listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello from me, George Adu Jr. And welcome. Radio live online. This is the locker room with George Addo Jr. So, football transfers to come shortly, but let's talk about some basketball. And with the NBA free agency nearly a full month old, there aren't many notable players remaining on either the open market or on the trade market. One player whose name continues to come up in trade speculation is former Golden State Warriors sick man Andre Iguodala. But joining me for some analysis right now in studio is Jordan Dunn. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Good. So where do we start from? I think we should start from the Toronto Raptors. Yes, we know uh, they've won this and on everyone's lips, Toronto Raptors, how do they do it? They're enjoying out there in Canada and all of that. But, you know, Kawhi Leonard is the first ever finals MVP to spend the next season with another team so let's deal with it how damaging is this for the Toronto Raptors and how bizarre is it for you know the MVP of a final season to be moving out uh, it's definitely a unique situation um, every team that was going after Kawhi Leonard was uh, knowing they were taking a risk last season because he uh, the way he left the Spurs was 
unorthodox. He took some time off, and people thought he was even faking an injury. So when the Raptors went all in to acquire him, uh, people knew this could happen. Kind of ended the best possible way for them because they won the championship over the Golden State Warriors, but it's certainly damaging to have your finals MVP leave for another team. Everyone thought it was going to be the Los Angeles Lakers, and it turns out he's going to the Clippers. Um, so Toronto's in a unique spot where they have to defend their title without their finals MVP, and they've already kind of been knocked down, and people think their defense is over before it even started mm-hmm. because he's off the team. But they do have some good young players like Pascal Siakam in there who are making strides, getting better at being offensive players. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but it's definitely damaging to the Toronto Raptors' hopes at defending the title. But luckily for Kawhi Leonard, he really aimed his uh, landing spot in the L.A. Clippers. He's got Paul George landing there with him. They're a very deep team. So he may even be able to go back-to-back just with different teams, which I believe that would be the first time that happened, at least for a finals MVP. You know, it'll be, it'll be easy for anyone to say, yeah, look, let's give them a chance. Let's see how the Interruptors get to do all of this. But it's a bit of a psychological blow to them, no matter what it is. Anyone who comes up against the Interruptors know that, yes, Kawhi Leonard is not there. And so uh, they, will, they will feel much stronger up there mentally. That's, that's a difficult one. Yeah, it's probably unique for the locker room as well. Um, they knew he could be a rental, but I think he was very tight-lipped throughout the season mm-hmm. as to what his plans were for the next year. Um, he was kind of given preferential treatment by the staff in terms of getting rest days and taking games off to nurse his injuries. But um, it's definitely strange for the players who are still there like in the wake of all this happening because they've just won a title and they spent a few months celebrating even with Kawhi Leonard yeah, in the yeah. group and now he's just with another team in mm-hmm. LA so it'll be interesting to see how they pick up the pieces and move on good, good you mentioned LA let's talk about LA now uh, rather interesting I know I know a bit about Paul George you know whether leaving or staying you know the Clippers it's another one we'll try and sort out to see how uh, Kawhi really gets comfortable playing in the Clippers but let's talk about Lakers now Lakers because everybody's hoping to see LeBron James finally come to the party is it most of the fans agreed a bit this season is all about understanding the youngsters and all of that and and there's likely to be a wonderful partnership with Anthony Davis joining in there now what are the prospects and could we see Lakers really come up and and do something really good Um, I definitely think the Lakers could make some noise next year Uh, the Western Conference is very stacked there are a lot of great teams that could make noise in the playoffs but LeBron James is the best player in the world Um, he wasn't quite the same after his groin injury last season which is what a lot of people were pointing to as to why they missed the playoffs But um, Anthony Davis coming over there from the New Orleans Pelicans is probably going to be the best player he's had the chance to play with. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had Kyrie Irving in Cleveland, which is another great player. But Anthony Davis is a different beast entirely. He's someone who can take over a game kind of like LeBron does. So it'll be interesting to see just how they fit together and how they play off of one another, considering they had to give up a good number of prospects to get Anthony Davis to Los Angeles in the first place. But I think all eyes are on L.A. next season between... The uh, Lakers having LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Clippers having Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, it'll be interesting to see how those games in Staples Center go down um, between those two teams and how the fan bases react to having that much star power just in one city. Yeah, we'll talk about the Brooklyn Nets shortly, but let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. They've been hit badly by injuries, maybe like Real Madrid are suffering in preseason, but it's fine. So they're going to be without uh, you know, Kevin Durant for the first time in a few seasons, and we know that he'll be missing injury. Clay Thompson as well is back from injury. How do the Golden State Warriors 
get to handle the absence of Kevin Durant. So um, the Golden State Warriors, I think people start to forget, um, were looking towards being a dynasty before they got Kevin Durant in the first place. So I think once they get Klay Thompson back from injury and they're all fully healthy, the uh, the big trio of Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson, I think they can still be a very, very hard team to beat in the Western Conference. But um, an interesting note on Andre Iguodala is people are thinking, if he gets his contract bought out by the Memphis Grizzlies, he may be in line to join the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, that might be a bit of a revenge move to uh, get back at the Warriors for uh, trading him off. But I think the Warriors are better off than most people expect them to be, especially considering they got D'Angelo Russell, who's a very talented young guard, in the trade for Kevin Durant. But um, once Clay Thompson gets back and fully healthy, and obviously they nursed the rest of their squad back to health because yeah. they were very injured at the end of the finals, um, I think they could still be a very strong team. It's just the teams around them have gotten stronger as well. Right, so let's end with the Brooklyn Nets. Now they've, they've signed quite a, a number of good players, and it's looking good on the list. Uh, I'm sure you, you are nodding your head. Look at DeAndre and Ivan, KD. I mean, what do you expect from and the Brooklyn Nets? Um, the Brooklyn Nets were a surprise team last season. Not a lot of people expected them to make the playoffs, and they just kept winning regardless of who was injured. Um, but New York has kind of been without a powerhouse team for a long time. The Knicks have been bad for a number of years, and the Nets are kind of trying to take that spot over. Um, DeAndre Jordan has kind of bounced around from team to team since leaving the Los Angeles yeah. Clippers a few years ago. And um, Kevin Durant is going to miss all of next season with an Achilles injury. But once he comes back, having the trio of Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Jordan will definitely be a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference. It just depends on how they get players around them, whether it's drafting or trading, to complement them off the bench. But I think the Nets are definitely going to be a strong team in the East and one that we're going to see making noise in the playoffs and maybe even going to the finals once they're all fully healthy. NBA experts Jordan Dunn joining us on the show is always great. Thank you very much for joining us in the locker room. Yeah, thank you for having me. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Allo Jr. Two Formula One now, and we're next at the Hangogoring in Hungary, just over 10 miles northeast of the center of Budapest, which first held the Grand Prix in 1986 and was the first race to be held behind the Iron Curtain. Hamilton won by 17 seconds last year with the Ferraris of Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen coming second and third, respectively, while Verstappen's race ended on lap five with a loss of power. Charles Leclerc failed to complete a lap because of a suspension issue. Pit stops proved Absolutely crucial last weekend with Verstappen stopping five times on his way to victory. And the, I mean, the tactical strategy is often vital in Hungary. So, what are we to expect? Joining me now, our expert on Formula One, Raymond Nyamado. Raymond, how are you doing? Thanks for the time. I'm doing very well, George. So, maybe you need to catch your breath again, considering how erratic the German Grand Prix was. Did the results last week give this year's competition the fraction of the life it needed back? Well, George, uh, what happened last weekend was absolutely dramatic and if you look at what the team Mercedes did, they were expecting that that was going to be a good climax to their 125 year celebration in motorsport but it didn't turn out to be the same because we saw what Toto Wolf would call their Armageddon happen in Germany but that definitely is what the, 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 the competition needed because now you see the likes of Sebastian Vettel finally rediscovering their form. See the likes of Max Verstappen giving some competition. Valtteri Bottas crashed out of that race but definitely he's also one of the key competitors in there. At least Mercedes could not run away with a comfortable lead in that one. Lewis Hamilton did not stretch his dominance. We saw 
Sebastian Vettel claw back 16 points on him and it's good for Ferrari at this moment because it's just 12 races we are getting into our 12 race this season and there's still a lot to drive for and so it, it still keeps the competition alive it doesn't make it a one horse race for Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton so definitely the, the twist we needed in the tail and just as we predicted we predicted Mercedes were going to dominate in Germany but the script turned and so clearly just the excitement we need for the competition this year. Let's stick with the German Grand Prix and let's spare a few words then for the brilliant Max Verstappen. And the shell shock Charles Leclerc a bit. Maybe you 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 could say his car, you know. And, and, and it's fair to say for every failure at the German Grand Prix, there was an equal distribution of blame. You know, the drivers not doing their bits, the weather coming in. And of course, you know, the engineers not coming together. So how are you going to put this? Because I think they were both impressive on both ends of the scale. Verstappen did well. Leclerc had a, an absolute uh, horrendous one. Well, I think Leclerc has, you know, shown a lot of promise this season. We saw him in Austria. We saw him in Bahrain. Those were races everybody for once thought Leclerc was going to win. But he capitulated in the dynamics of those races. Again, in Germany, we saw him struggle with the Cavs. You know, the penultimate Cavs in that competition. We saw him struggle. And so he just couldn't, you know, make it into the podium. And that actually cut his runoff. Um, podium finishes in the competition. He was hoping to get his fifth podium finish. Um, he said actually this mm-hmm. season, but he failed in that particular race. And that tells you the inexperience. Inexperience seems to be catching up with him because in the first half of the race, he was fantastic, but he capitulated just like he did in Bahrain and just like he did in Austria. So I think it's a good learning curve for the young man. And I expect that looking at the promises shown, definitely he would come back. But you look at Max Verstappen, he's shown some consistency lately. You, you see his performances. And in, in the last four races, he's had more points than Lewis Hamilton. Milton and that, that clearly speaks to his brilliance on the circuit and you look at that race how he won it in wet conditions wet conditions has been a forte of Lewis Hamilton so you look at how he won that race in wet conditions and that certainly was the forte of Lewis Hamilton but we've seen Max Verstappen show a lot of brilliance and I think that he's one to watch for the future a bit more consistency and Max Verstappen will be considered one of the top men for Red Bull and he might just replicate the form of Sebastian Vettel when he was a driver at Red Bull because the Red Bull team have been doing some fantastic job on the circuit this season and it's good to make that point because red bull indeed uh, have also got a, a couple of decisions spot on so then last year we know ferrari did not do the two-time hungry winner vettel any favors as they delayed and then botched a stop which left him behind Bottas, who repeatedly blocked off and delayed the german as hamilton disappeared into the distance now do you anticipate another good performance from vettel hopefully this time not one will be hampered by his own team well george in germany Bottas, I'm sorry, Vettel proved that he was one of the top-notch drivers to actually reckon with. And you look at Vettel and his performance in Germany, it clearly tells you that he still has some driving left in him this season. Because to have started from 20th and finished second, yeah, that, that was absolutely that impressive. Was, that was you. truly remarkable. <laughs> and it tells you that this is just the break he needed. This might just be the turnaround he needed in his competition this year. And you look at Vettel and how he hasn't won since August. It's something that bothers the driver. And he needs to stay focused. He's, he's been speaking this week about the fact that uh, the Ferrari need wins. Ferrari need to start winning races. And I think that this is just the best running for him to go into that competition, feeling confident, Getting the monkeys off his back and trying to actually put in a spirited performance and a fantastic performance like he did in that comeback. I think that this race definitely should have Lewis Hamilton start as favourite because 
We've seen him win six times in, in, in this Grand Prix. He holds the record of the most wins in Hungary. And so you go into this race feeling that he can actually replicate his form in the previous years. He's the defending champion in this year's competition. And definitely he has his tails up in this particular one. But I think that a lot will depend on the psychology of this Mercedes team because we saw them capitulate in the last race and a lot has to change for them to actually go into this race and perform. Because we know the Hungary track there Hungary Ring is a very tricky track. It's very twisty. It has lots of curves and very bumpy. And it, it, it's not a fast-paced track. And so Ferrari will not come in with their pace. Mercedes will not come in with their pace. It depends solely on the traction and braking of cars. And so it, it's, it's one area that p- would, would prove very decisive in the game. We all know Red Bull have a very good chances when it comes to traction and braking. And so Red Bull will be in the race. We will see also performances from Vettel and you will, will definitely see Mercedes also go head-to-head for this one. But I, I still think that um, Lewis Hamilton is also favourite to actually dominate this one. But looking at the performance of Vettel in the last race, we cannot write him off. Okay, so you're on the road of predictions, so let's keep you there. Can we just talk about who you think will be ending a podium finish then? Well, George, you can't take anything away from Lewis Hamilton. Excuses were given with regards to why he did not perform in Germany. He was not well. He wasn't well. We're not really going to take all of that. The weather's... The weather is crazy and it's crazy. Now you've got to deal with it. He, he couldn't deal with it. Well, he wasn't well, and you know, a lot he of things, a lot of things happened in that well, race. He lost his his his, his right front um, axle. Yeah. Uh, he made a lot of mistakes with the pit stop. He was penalized at a point. He made an uncharacteristic spin, and all those things went against him. But you can expect Lewis Hamilton to learn from those mistakes and correct it. So definitely, Lewis Hamilton. It's Otson's favorite to win this one. You see Valtteri Bottas coming after crashing in the last race. Valtteri Bottas should be able to come back into the, the podium finishes this time around. And I still see Vettel and Arman Max Verstappen actually compete for the third spot. I don't see Vettel winning this one, despite the fact that he would come in with a lot of a lot of um, you know promise. But I still think that he would have to f- fight for that third place with Max Verstappen. I don't see Max Verstappen winning this one because Red Bull haven't proven, despite their advantage on the track and their chances, they haven't proven that they can dominate on that on on on, on the Hungary ring. And so I still see. Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, one-two, bouncing back from the Germany disaster, and then and the Vettel, who's going to yes, and, and Vettel, Vettel, or Max Verstappen finishing in third. Raymond Yamada with analysis on Formula One. Thank you very much, Raymond, for your time. You're welcome, George. Very soon to be Lighthouse. There's more to come on the show. All right, so let's hear from you on our WhatsApp line, 0244340437. Yes, we'll be getting into our transfers in a bit. Yes, to find out what your clubs are up to, yeah. And um, I'm sure one or two of you, for Manchester United fans, well, 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 well. Dybala doesn't look like he's coming to Manchester United. After all, there's a big discussion to come later on. We have the Labadi Beach Hotel, the Lagoon Bar, uh, from 7 p.m. all the way to 8.30. We'll have a discussion there. Let's see you there. But now let's check out on the clubs, your favorite great European clubs. How are they wrapping up ahead of the start of the very, very big season? And you know, this weekend, of course, on Sunday, there's the Community Shield between Liverpool and Manchester City. So now Moses Yabwa has been keeping tabs on what your clubs are doing and how are they just wrapping up the preseason? Real Madrid rounded up their preseason campaign in Germany in the Audi Cup. They lost 1-0 to Tottenham in the four-team tournament at the Allianz Arena before wrapping it up with a 5-3 victory over Fenerbahce. Los Blancos have two more games to officially end their preseason campaign when they took on Red Bull Salzburg 
on Wednesday before taking on AS Roma on 11th August. Zidane's headache headed into the new La Liga season as how to remedy their defensive frailties after conceding 16 goals in five games. FC Barcelona have not really been very much active in preseason as they've played just two games with recent against Vissel Cup, which they won 2-0 last two weeks. The Blaugrana will resume preparation ahead of the new season when they take on Arsenal in the Juan Gampa Trophy final on Sunday before rounding their preseason up with Napoli on 7th August. Frank Lampard and his Chelsea side after their 2-1 win over Barcelona in the Rakuten Cup have gone on to beat Red in 4-3 and Red Bull Salzburg 5-3. The Blues will climax their preseason in Germany when they face Borussia Mönchengladbach before their Premier League clash with Manchester United on 11th August. Liverpool gave themselves a much-needed morale boost on Wednesday ahead of their Community Shield game against Manchester City on Sunday. The European champions came from behind to end their disappointing preseason campaign with a 3-1 win over Lyon in Geneva. Prior to that, they had lost 3-2 to Dortmund, 2-1 to Sevilla and drew 2-0 with Sporting Lisbon. Elsewhere, Manchester United, who are enjoying a fantastic preseason so far with five wins out of five, take on AC Milan in the International Champions Cup on Saturday to end their preseason. Bayern Munich, who lost 6-5 on penalties to Tottenham in the Audi Cup final, will be hoping to bounce back when they square up to Borussia Dortmund in the DFL Super Cup final on Saturday. And winners of the French League are Paris Saint-Germain will clash with Cup de France champions Rennes in the French Champions Trophy on Saturday. Thank you, Moses Yabois. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. All right, so we welcome your thoughts ahead of the Liverpool-Manchester City clash, the Community Shield, the pre-Keza or the Ketting Razor, traditional Ketting Razor of the new English Premier League season. Let's find out which of the two teams you think uh, it's absolutely prepared, very prepared to win the title this season. We'll be picking all of that from you as well. I'm sure you've kept your notes on preseason, and there's more to come later uh, this evening when we meet at the Lagoon Bar at the Labadi Beach Hotel. But now, though, let's go for the George Sports BBC two-way series. I had a great chat with the BBC's John Bennett, certainly back and well-rested um, from that wonderful... If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires goal for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Adventure in Egypt. John had great stuff and a lot to talk about with what has been happening this week. Enjoy. Thanks for your time this weekend and the race to sign players before the transfer deadline day is on and of course the window is understandably active. So let's start with the transfers and from Arsenal. How crucial is the signing of Nicolas Pepe then for Unai Emery? Well he's a fantastic player. We know he was sensational last season for Lille and I think he was only second behind Kylian Mbappe if you add up his goals and his assists. So... From being an exciting player, he, he turned into a player who seemed to have the full package, seemed to 
be able to find an end product to all his skill and flair. So, yeah, very exciting player. The likes of Napoli were in for him. There was talk also of Manchester United being in for him, although they denied that. So, brilliant signing. I, I do see two issues, though. The first issue is I hope they give him time. I hope they're patient with him at Arsenal. I think he could take a, a while to adapt to English football, to the Premier League. Don't expect him to fire straight away. I hope he does. I hope I'm wrong. But I think he may need a bit of time to adapt to English football. The second issue is, I don't know why Arsenal are not trying harder to sign defenders. We know that they're chasing Tierney, the left-back from Celtic. He would be an excellent signing. Uh, but they need a centre-back, even two centre-backs, desperately. Koscielny is effectively on strike at the moment. Mustafi is heading out of the door. Neither of those two players, I think, are good enough anyway, anymore, to be in a top-four Premier League team. So, uh, they, they need defenders, Arsenal. Pepe's a fantastic signing, but they need to get defenders into the building, and time is running out. Let's talk about Manchester United, and Romelu Lukaku appears to be on the move, with Juventus very ready to offload Dybala in the swap deal. How important is the move away from Old Trafford to Lukaku, and will Dybala suit United? Yeah, I think uh, Lukaku's time at Old Trafford is over. He needs to get out of the club. It is clear that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't see him as a Manchester United player in the future. And Lukaku's full of talent, isn't he? He really is a fantastic striker, if used in the right way. In a way, you have to build your tactics around him. I think he's probably struggled at Manchester United compared to Everton because... You know, he's a player who likes space in behind defences and you won't get that when you're playing for Manchester United. But you look at his stats and they're not bad at all, his, his goal-scoring stats, since he's been at Old Trafford. I think he'll do really well at Juventus. Um, he'll have some great players around him. And, yeah, I, th I think he'll be an excellent signing for Juventus. I'm really excited about the prospect of Dybala heading to the Premier League. I hope this deal happens. I think he's more versatile than Romelu Lukaku. I think he would fit in better to the way Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants to play with a lot of pace up front. And, uh, you know, I, I think he could be an exciting signing for Manchester United. Again, though, uh, United need needed a complete overhaul this summer. And I don't think they've had that. So I still don't think that they're going to be challenging right there at the top. I think they'll do well to get into the top four. So then the traditional curtain raiser of the big football season is set for Sunday as Liverpool lock horns with Manchester City in the Community Shield. Which of the two teams, though, is better prepared? I think both of them have work to do. You know that Sadio Mane is still on holiday. So Liverpool won't be on, on at full strength. He's still on holiday after helping Senegal to the final of the Africa Cup of Nations. As for City, you've got the likes of Otamendi and Jesus, who've only just returned to training this week after their extended summer breaks following the Copa America. That's the same for, for Aguero as well. So neither team at full strength. I don't think we should read too much into the performance, into the result when it comes to the rest of the season. We know that hopefully, again, they'll push each other all the way this season in the Premier League. I can't see anyone else catching them. I think Tottenham, Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal are miles away from Manchester City and Liverpool. What's interesting is, though, that they've both been pretty quiet in the transfer window. City have brought in one high-profile signing, the Spanish midfielder Rodri from Atletico Madrid. They've lost Vincent Kompany, who's now the player-manager and elect. I think that is a big miss, isn't it, in terms of leadership. Can they plug that gap? He's a big influence. He was a big influence at City. And Jurgen Klopp, surprisingly, hasn't added to his first-team squad. They've signed a couple of youngsters, but they haven't signed any players, which I think is a bit of a gamble. Sir Alex Ferguson, the ex-Manchester United manager, always used to say, 
You have to build from a position of strength. When you're at your best, don't rest on your laurels. Always try and improve the squad. And Liverpool haven't done that. So I wonder if they'll pay the price this season. Can you bring us up to date with the latest transfers involving Premier League clubs with six days to the end of the summer transfer window? Yes, their names to keep an eye on. Harry Maguire, of course, That the race to sign him. Manchester United interested, but Leicester City don't need to sell. They've set a high mark, a high figure. We're told that is around £90 million. Will Manchester United pay that figure? I think this might get done. I think Manchester United desperately need a centre-back and may, in the end, move to that figure. Harry Maguire not playing for Leicester in their final preseason friendly on Friday night. He's been left out because he's a bit distracted by all this transfer talk. So that tells you a lot, doesn't it, about whether this deal will, will, will be done. Look out for Moise Ken as well, the Juventus striker, a move to Everton. Uh, we all expect that to happen over the next 24 hours. The, the Fernandez move is interesting probably Tottenham will make a signing I think before the, the transfer window closes for English clubs next Thursday and yes yeah, so there's lots of things bubbling away I think it's going to be a busy few days Arsenal of course with, with Tierney chasing the, the left back from from Celtic very very busy and then the football all gets underway next weekend as well so it's a great time to be a football fan Finally, we know the nominees for the Best FIFA Football Awards after the revelation on Wednesday in four categories. Are you comfortable with the release? Yeah, I th- it's always difficult, isn't it, at this time of year to decide who's going to be the best player of the year. I guess we know primarily who's up there by, by who got to the Champions League final, for example. Virgil van Dijk is a player for me. Who, who will be up there you've got the players who did well at the Copper America who did well at, at AFCON I really hope that Sadio Mane will be up there in the running as well having won the Champions League having got to the final of the Cup of Nations you still have to talk about Messi even though he didn't do well on the European stage I still think that he should be he's still the best player in the world Cristiano Ronaldo can you really talk about him this season despite the fact that the only one Serie A I think it's always going to be competitive. Very, very difficult. I have a bit of an issue with these awards because football is a team game at the end of the day. But um, for for me, if I had to choose uh, the the best player at the moment, it will be Virgil van Dijk. The BBC is John Bennett there in the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. So that's really fine. Sets the tone then. And we'll be looking forward to this blockbuster between Liverpool and Manchester City. Guerra in the penalty area tries to love the goalkeeper and succeeds. Superbly taken by Aguero. Champions League is a dream for all the teams to be there. Oxley Chamberlain who gets hard for Nadinho. Shooting goal! What a start! What a strike from Oxley Chamberlain! I think this year we belong there, to be honest. Corner, it's pulled out low. Gundogan, first time shot, takes an inflection. Manchester City have the second goal, and it's company who punches the air with delights as they increase their lead. Happy to be quite fun as the second time in, in this club, so we are new in, in that position, so of course uh, we're so happy for that. Oh my goodness, what a goal! Should not be a big surprise. David Silva, shot turn! David 
talking about. 30 metres out from goal, Manny! It's a five-star performance. That's exactly the sound, and we're some six days away to transfer deadline day. Quick reminders, we begin with a transfer countdown warm-up at the Labadi Beach Hotel, Lagoon Bar. Let's see you tonight from 7 to 8.30. And then our big show, the transfer countdown, is live on Joy 99.7 FM from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. That will be on Thursday, August 8th, next week Thursday. Also on television, we're on Joy News Channel on Multi-TV. And all that there is to come your way now. We're activating our four lines now. I need you to tell me what really uh, has troubled you the most in this transfer window as we prepare to see you guys later tonight. 0302 0302216541. is standing by to ensure you're safe. And I'll be giving you the updates, uh, what's been happening so far in the transfer market. And we'll go through that. Real Kwampop will be joining me shortly. But let's quickly hear from you now. Let's find out what you think is the most problem or the dangerous problem your club hasn't quite solved. So 0302-216-541. Let's hear from you. In the meantime, I can bring you some updates on what's happening in the transfer world. Manchester City have rejected a £72 million bid from Bayern Munich uh, for the German forward Leroy Sané. City wants £137 million for Sané if he does not wish to sign an extension to his contract which expires in June 2021. So clearly Manchester City are in the market. We'll be getting to more of the updates, but I've got uh, a call on the line. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon, George. How are you doing? Your name or where you're calling from? I'm Sir George from Sakama. Ah, Sir George. Are we seeing you tonight? Hey, likely, likely. Okay, likely. Kind of exciting times, you know? Exciting times. We need to see you. Very, the... exciting after boring outing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Your club? Anyway, I'm, a, I'm a national fan. Arsenal, Arsenal fan. fan. Okay. Die okay. in the wood. Die in the wood. Are you, are you very excited uh, about uh, everything that's happened so I'm far? I'm excited with Pepe. But you need, we need to strengthen our defense. If you're able to strengthen our defense, wow. It'll be a team to beat. Uh, but but we've got uh, to six days to the end of the transfer window. We've we've had a left back chasing from Celtic back. I know we are feverishly working on some left back and one uh, centre back. Okay, yeah. so yeah. you're hopeful that things will work out for you, right? Yeah, things work out to beat them because last year uh, we had a bad defence, but our striker was able to emerge a goal king. Okay, That's also our out front is potent. All right, George. George, I get you. So uh, it's not bad for you. Thank you very much, George, uh, for your call. We've got another call on the line. Hello, good afternoon. Hello, good afternoon, George. Ah, Jude from Spintex. Jude from Spintex. Jude, I hope we're seeing you tonight, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be live. Live, live, live at the Lagoon oh, Bar, Labadi Beach oh, Hotel. George. So, mm-hmm. which, club, which club do you support? And yeah, cry. Ah. Real Madrid. Oh, Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, you're taking Hazard and he's eating and he's looking bigger. 
committed to it. It's looked like Leicester City are still holding out for 90 million pounds and Manchester United are still stuck on the 80. Yeah, so what happened was that United started from 70, Leicester said no, United went to 75, Leicester said 80 million, and United bring 80 million and Leicester are like, wait, wait. bring 85. Wait, wait. So it's a typical case of, you know, trying to drag the most out of your um, suitor or your buyer. It's something that we usually see at Cantamount where you go and buy <laughs> something. So I'm sure they would come to a consensus mm. eventually before the deadline because Maguire has been dropped from the squad to because he wants the move. friendly because he does want the move yeah. and uh, that's some hefty amount of money that Leicester shouldn't be letting slip through their hands alright uh, let's let's do the rest very very quickly on, on what we've got um, at least for now before we step into it and I was just talking about Manchester City and Leroy Sandy it's an interesting one there because Man City do not exactly want Leroy Sandy to go Sandy wants to push him a move then Man City are now calling for what 137 million pounds that we're talking about yeah that would put that, in that's outrageous isn't it uh, very and that would make him number 3 in the all time list in terms of expensive players and uh, just below Mbappe and Neymar but Sane, I think that it's more of a national pride to play for Bayern Munich. You know that most German footballers, every German footballer would love to play for Bayern, Bayern, Bayern at some Munich. stage. And, uh, yeah, at some stage in their career. And you look at what happened to him in the 2018 World Cup. He had a phenomenal season, season coming into that World Cup and mm. he didn't make the squad. And uh, you saw the likes of Julian Brandt who played in the Bundesliga getting the nod out ahead of him. So, I think it's something that he knows and uh, he would love to definitely move move to Germany, you know, play where his family is and all that. But uh, it's going to be tough because Pep Guardiola has publicly said that he likes Leroy Sané and he would love to keep him at the club. So Man City would try and make it very, very difficult. Now, we had left one story, Manchester United, but that's actually linked with what's happening in Spurs as well. Spurs are going in hard six days to the transfer uh, deadline day. But more importantly is the chase for Bruno Fernandes. That's interesting. Manchester United have not quite done the job on getting Bruno Fernandes. And Spurs are right in now trying to get him. Yeah, I think Manchester United, they've been distracted uh, by the deals of Dybala. And we've also had something around the lines of uh, Savage from uh, last year. So they've not really been focused on this Bruno Fernandes deal. And I think that they're spreading themselves too thin. And that's something that Tottenham Hotspur are trying to capitalize on. And uh, we've heard that they're trying to make a late move for Bruno Fernandes of sports in Lisbon. Now, the thing is that Fernandes didn't say the particular club that he would love to move to. He just said that he would love to move to England. So that puts everything on red alert, especially if you're in England. And Tottenham Hotspur with Daniel Levy coming out to say that, you know, it's now time to pump some money into the team. Uh, we could possibly see Luchalso and uh, Bruno Fernandes moving to Spurs, but do not rule out United. Yeah, but of course, Spurs finalists for the UEFA Champions League. Yeah. They are still in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's where uh, Manchester United friends, when we join you later tonight, we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about this. Um, is the bargaining power pretty you know, poor or low now for Manchester United in getting players into the club because yeah. uh, they have not been really good in the last few years and they're still in the Europa League, is it? Yeah, I think so. And it was very imperative that they did qualify for the Champions League last year. Unfortunately, they didn't. And uh, they're really struggling to get players in now. And they have to look at, you know, lower league players, players who are not already playing in the Champions League because it would be really difficult to convince someone to move from a Champions League club <laughs> to a Europa League club. But then again, 
you look at Arsenal and the signings that they've made this summer you still have to remind yourself that Arsenal would also be playing the Europa League yeah. because Nicolas Pepe himself said that his agent told him that he had offers from Manchester United Liverpool and I think one other club Napoli and he decided and to, he go, decided for to go for Arsenal, Arsenal in the Europa League which the Europa League. League. yeah you know so yeah. it's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's interesting yeah, it's some, more, some, yeah. some United fans will argue that no that's not the point the point is that we've just been poor at getting the yeah. players yeah. when we have to uh, because Arsenal cannot be beating us to some top <laughs> 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 well Van de Beek is a big one we enjoyed his play uh, in the UEFA Champions League and it looks like he's settling with Real Madrid yeah there's been reports that a Real Madrid bid has been accepted today and uh, uh, prior to that bid uh, Van de Beek had already agreed personal terms with Real Madrid and he's set to sign a five to six year deal to join Real Madrid now if you've watched Real Madrid during the preseason I think that they've lacked a lot of drive from midfield that's something that the Dutch midfielder would bring to the team but what does this uh, deal leave Pogba? Um, does that mean the Real Madrid will continue their pursuit, or was this, um, you know, a fallen back option? So it leaves a lot of interesting times ahead. Remember that although the English Premier, um, Premier League window closes next week, other clubs go still by. Yeah. So Pep Guardiola, Manchester United should be very well. At Liverpool, because we we know the defender Dayan Lovren is a target for Roma. And, and they're looking will that even materialise because Liverpool have not gone out buying so much and we've yeah. said they've not really tried to bolster what they have or gone in for reinforcements do you think anything like that can happen to them? I think it's possible and uh, Lovren could consider that you know he's won the Champions League ah. with Liverpool uh, but here's the case that he needs to reassess and ask himself where does he really fall in this Liverpool defensive line because arguably if you're looking at their lineup from last season Joel Matip and Van Dijk are the starting pair. Now, Van Dijk is probably going to play every game. And uh, Joe Gomez is right behind uh, Joel Matip for backup. So, Lovren is kind of like a fourth choice midfielder in that Liverpool setup. So, is he going to get a lot of games? Is he going to enjoy his time in Liverpool? Certainly, I do not think so. And Roma gives him a wonderful opportunity. Remember that uh, Manolas has left uh, Roma to join Napoli. So, there is a void in their defence. And uh, if he does move to Italy, he's assured of more playing time. Well, we're told that Malcolm has just left Barcelona. Yeah, he just uh, we just saw a picture of him in the Zenith St. Peter. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.